Welcome to Chats and Insights, the podcast for entrepreneurs by Access Capital. I'm Jessica Sanchez, Access Capital's Marketing Director, and today we're going to dive into a discussion about insurance options available to the staffing industry and what the sector can expect in the future. We'll also examine how and why captives are potentially the right option for your staffing organization. Access Capital has been a financial partner to entrepreneurial companies since 1986. We provide working capital solutions to companies in staffing, IT and engineering, media, distribution, manufacturing, and more. And joining me today is Vince Grillo, Senior Vice President at Access Capital. Vince is a second-generation financing executive with nearly three decades of industry experience. He is a former member of the Board of Directors of the New Jersey Staffing Alliance and also an active member of the American Staffing Association, Staffing Industry Analysts, and TechServe Alliance. Today, Vince will be chatting with industry expert Tony Antonio, who serves as the staffing practice leader at Odell Studner, where he is responsible for the operational direction of the staffing practice group. With over 100 clients across the country, with varying business models in place, Tony ensures that the knowledge and capabilities of the service team stay in front of the constantly evolving industry. Tony manages the traditional insurance program placement, as well as the unique operational best practices consultation that Odell Studner offers its staffing clients. Tony and Vince, the floor is yours. Well, thanks, Jess. Um, as you know, I've been with Access Capital uh, for 27 years now, and we provide asset-based lending, not factoring, uh, to companies from startup to over $200 million in revenue. And we specialize in companies that are underserved by the banks and excel at developing long-term relationships with our clients. And our motto is, uh, for the life of your company, uh, we happen to be the largest privately held finance company uh, servicing the staffing business in the USA today. Um, my guest today is Tony Diamantonio, who is a vice president and staffing practice leader at Odell Studner, which provides specialized risk consulting and insurance brokerage services to middle market companies. Welcome, Tony. Thank you, Vince, for having me, and I appreciate uh, the introduction from Jessica as well. You know, it's, it's been an unprecedented time uh, with the uh, 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 COVID-19 virus and what has been happening in the insurance market uh, today. Things have been changing. What is happening, Tony? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, things have absolutely been changing in the insurance marketplace and um, it's the change has not been good for the consumer. Um, and as you alluded to, we had COVID-19 really come in and be the icing on the cake. So uh, prior to that, we had things going on in the insurance marketplace, everything from the increased weather related natural disasters that we're seeing in the news today, uh, unprecedented jury verdicts that are being awarded more distracted drivers on the road, the Me Too movement, and then all of a sudden comes COVID-19. And um, with COVID-19 comes a tremendous amount of uncertainty for insurers, as well as lower investment income on the premiums that they collect from the insureds and uh, make a return on. So all of those things are coming together at the uh, worst possible time to create really the uh, worst insurance marketplace that we've seen since the mid eighties. So with this type of destruct, uh, this disruption in the industry, uh, what is going to happen now, Tony? 
So what we have seen so far are there's been some lines of coverage that have already been affected. So anybody with property, auto, umbrella exposure, as well as directors and officers coverage and employment practices coverage um, has probably already seen the effect of this in the marketplace that ranges from increased premiums, increased retentions, lower limits being offered, uh, or carriers just flat out hmm. deciding not to write new business or renew existing business, none of which are a good thing. No. So what does this mean to staffing companies in particular? So staffing companies are already uh, considered a, a distressed industry in the insurance marketplace. So anytime you've got a hardening of the insurance marketplace on top of that, uh, it means, one, less options right off the bat. Mm. Um, two, you could be a good performing staffing company from a loss perspective and at no fault of your own could be staring down the barrel of a significant premium increase. Mm. Um, likewise, if you're a good performing staffing company um, based off of, again, no fault of your own, you could be with an insurer that writes staffing today and because of all the other pressures that they're experiencing, decides to exit the staffing marketplace tomorrow and, and leaves you without a home for your renewal. Um, and, and again, that's the situation of uh, staffing companies who perform well from a loss standpoint. If you've got a staffing company where you've had some challenges with losses historically, then you really could be looking at a dangerous situation where non-renewals as well as really non-attractive options uh, are left for you in the marketplace. So what kind of a solution can you offer a staffing company in this crazy market? So one of the solutions that's been available um, probably since the mid nineties now for staffing companies that, insulates you from the standard marketplace is an own group captive and um, own group captives can be a, a great way for staffing companies not only to insulate themselves from the marketplace but also to really secure a long-term cost stabilization mm -hmm. of their workers compensation program mm -hmm. what are the requirements of a captive and uh, how does it operate Sure. So uh, really, I guess a, a, a basic definition of a captive um, to start is uh, it's an insurance company that's owned by its members and it's created to lower the cost of insurance over the long term. Um, fairly simple explanation there, right? Um, the way that they do this is they will bring together like-minded companies, uh, meaning other staffing companies who understand that by taking risk and paying attention to operational best practices that they can retain their predictable losses and transfer away their catastrophic losses, um, all while relying on a group purchasing power of instead of buying insurance just for yourself, you're in a group of potentially another 150 other staffing owners, um, again, using that group purchasing power to reduce Cost. I get it. So it's spreading the risk. So um, what are the how, how, how do you put this together? This is something that Odell Studner does on a regular basis. Uh, so, yeah, so actually we are the largest captive broker in the staffing industry. Um, we work with a variety of different captives. 
Um, and really, it starts with making sure that um, we have the opportunity to walk a staffing owner through the pluses, the minuses of what an own group captive looks like compared to their other options. Um, and when the concept um, sinks in, then a lot of times people look at this and say, I've just locked down my workers' compensation for my staffing company uh, forever. And it, it really is, again, a, a good long-term solution. Um, but in order to get there, there are a couple of requirements that are in place that sometimes can be non-starters for folks. Uh, probably the most common one is the fact that you do have to be in business for more than five years before a, a captive would uh, welcome you in there. And that's obviously because the existing members want to make sure that there's some history associated with your firm before just, you know, blindly um, letting you join the group. Um, Additionally, you know, obviously you want to have a favorable loss ratio. Uh, Again, they're not going to welcome with open arms somebody who uh, has demonstrated historically that they're not paying enough attention to losses that are going on on the workers' compensation side. Got it. Um, you want you need to have favorable financials, right? You need to be able to pay your bills, um, especially in a group environment. Nobody wants to bring in somebody where financials could indicate that they wouldn't be able to afford to, to pay their bills. Um, and lastly, I, the, the other um, potential barrier to entry would be uh, there are minimum premiums, typically between $125,000 and $150,000 that uh, would be required to gain entry and within the staffing industry and it's different verticals, um, you know, that, that could greatly vary. So for instance, on the, the small end of the spectrum, from a revenue standpoint, you've got a light industrial or a skilled trade staffing company that could probably cover that premium threshold at about $5 million of revenue, um, on the small end. A healthcare staffing company, though, based off of their rates being lower, typically would probably have to be about $10 million in revenue, at least to, to qualify for that premium threshold. And then all the way at the other end of the spectrum would be something like a technical or professional staffing company um, where, you know, maybe $25 million or north would be required to hit that kind of premium threshold. What are the other uh, significant benefits of uh, uh, joining a captive? Sure. So we've we've talked about marketplace insulation um, and really what that translates to is a captive that is made up of other staffing companies is the only insurance program that I could turn around and tell my client that you will never get non-renewed because you're Uh, a staffing company. Yeah. Right. And um, um, a lot of staffing owners have unfortunately found themselves in that situation that I alluded to before where they're performing very well and it doesn't matter. Their carrier made a decision to exit the class of business. Um, and that can be extremely disruptive and dangerous to a staffing firm. So um, that is a, a huge advantage right off the bat. On top of that, you are actually uh, switching places with a carrier in a captive in the sense that um, you're you're able to bet on yourself. And what I mean by that is 
you are now in position to get a return of the investment income of the premiums that you pay in, as well as get any unused loss funds to come back to you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's one of those situations where, and we've got folks that, that look at this all the time where they say, you know, man, all I do is pay in premium and the insurance company is making a fortune on me. Well, if that statement is true, then, then a, a known group captive could, could be a perfect solution because that is a, a very um, real benefit of, of the captive. Um, I guess on top of that, you know, there's um, a real formulaic nature to the captive. And mm. what that does is um, allow you to be able to uh, plan for the future. Right. And Vince, I know we've got some mutual clients um, and a lot of our dialogue as it, you know, relates to captives can sometimes be um, with our clients, lenders like yourselves, where um, we're helping plan for the future, helping plan for growth. And again, this formulaic nature really can be advantageous to um, get very clear on what what the cost of insurance would look like as staffing companies try to scale for the future. Got it. You mentioned um, some um, uh, volume requirements. Uh, Are you able to move a small company from a regular policy into a captive? Yeah. So what um, usually when we come across a company that doesn't quite meet that revenue threshold is we will work with that client to get them captive ready what we what we say uh, and really what that means is um yeah sometimes you you have to kind of pay your dues in a standard market program that um you know is is again maybe not your number one choice but because let's say for instance you've only been in business for three years you've got to eclipse that five-year minimum um, but the fortunate part of what that allows us to do is uh without you know that kind of client taking any risk day one in a standard program, um, we're able to work with them and get them of the mindset of what if we were taking risk, right? What are the right operational risk management things that we should be doing today so that when that flip, when that switch flips and they're able to join a captive, they hit the ground running and they can increase their likelihood of success. Got it. Tony, you mentioned before that there was a formulaic calculation in, in being in this kind of a program. Could you uh, elaborate a bit more uh, on it and how it provides a, you know, long-term control for a staffing company? Sure. Absolutely. Um, When we talk about the formulaic nature of a captive, it's really uh, in a couple of different areas that, there's tremendous differences. And, and the first one is in the actual premium that you pay in. So um, the premium that you pay in is very simply your um, payroll exposure times the cost of your losses, your company's losses over the last five years. Um, and you can tell right there from that straightforward equation when we said earlier that it insulates you from the marketplace, um, there's no other program that you can go into that's got a direct formulaic equation like that, right? Every other program that you go into, um, 
you know, the insurance company is going to rate you based off of how everybody else that they insure is performing in certain class codes. So um, that premium calculation that I just described is one of the biggest areas that the formulaic nature is evident. And again, the way that you truly do insulate yourself from the standard marketplace. The other one is again, where um, we have a lot of crossover between our client base and, and some dialogue that we end up having together on behalf of our clients. And that's in regards to collateral. Um, the reality is that nobody likes posting collateral, mm. <laughs> um, but collateral is a necessary component of any loss sensitive insurance program. And what I mean by that is whether it's a captive that you're looking at, whether it's a large deductible or self-insurance that you're looking at, all of those insurance vehicles require collateral because you're, somebody's going to have some kind of financial uh, risk that they take on if you're going into one of those types of programs. And that collateral is in place to essentially guarantee that that person taking the financial risk won't be left shorthanded. Well, in the, in the um, reinsurance world, uh, or I'm sorry, in the self-insurance world, as well as the large deductible world, a lot of times that collateral requirement can be ambiguous and the insured has no idea what number is coming, why that number is required or what they can do about it. And it it can really catch people off guard. It can lead to litigation. It can lead to all sorts of unpleasant situations in a group captive. The formulaic nature of the way that security is calculated is just that. So it's transparent. It's there for everybody to see. Brokers like ourselves help our clients by being able to be uh, ahead of their collateral calculation six months in advance, can do three-year, five-year modeling, you know, all again based off of the fact that um, we've got a formulaic collateral equation. And it's, uh, it's just super rare in comparison to the rest of the insurance programs that we work with. Um, and, it, and it also works um, on the back end that way too, meaning if you were to sell your company and wanted to get your money back out of your captive, um, it's formula, formulaic on the way out too. So again, extremely rare in comparison to some of the other types of insurance yeah. programs that are. Yeah. Out we've there. seen, we've seen problems with workers comp with companies that are not in a captive that all of a sudden get uh, enormous rate increases and um, yeah, it's just not tenable. Uh, but this sounds like a real solution. You, you know what um, there, the truth is there is no magic pill when it comes to workers' compensation. If anybody could figure that out, they'd be, they'd be doing just fine right now. Um, but what an own group captive solution is in our opinion is something that every staffing owner should at least get educated on mm. to understand if it's a viable option for their business. And um, more more often than not, when you look at a typical middle market staffing company, um, they really can find these programs to be a, a real game changer for their business for the long term. So, um, you know, it's got to be right for the staffing company. Um, but we are absolutely big believers in the own group captive concept as a, a, a long term solution to their insurance program that is going to be tough to beat. 
It makes perfect sense. And uh, Tony, I think we'll guess we'll wrap it up now, unless you have something more to tell us about this uh, it, very interesting option for staffing companies. No, I would guess I would just close by thanking uh, both yourself and Jessica and all our friends at Access Capital for inviting me on the podcast and uh, hope we were able to educate some people a little bit about captives today. You are very welcome. And Tony, thank you for being on with us. Jess? Thanks, Vince. And thank you both for your time today. Tony, I really think our listeners enjoyed hearing from you. You shared some great insight. And I think anyone interested in exploring the insurance products available to staffing company owners learned a lot thanks to you. Uh, to our listeners, if you have any questions about today's topic or want to learn more about Odell Studner, please check our show notes for Tony's contact information. He'd love to hear from you and answer any questions you might have. If uh, you're interested in learning more about Access Capital, please be sure to visit our website at accesscapital.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks so much and have a great day, everyone.